Welcome to Heart Warriors Radio with your host, Ms. Shona Brindis and Mr. Jeff Casper and me, the third wheel, Brian McCormick. However, we need to bring to your attention tonight that Ms. Shona Brindis is not able to be with us. She is in the process of flying to save a bus from going off a bridge, and then after that, she needs to restore balance in the ecosystem. So the world needs her right now. So she's taking a break. It's just going to be the two dudes for tonight. Two of the guys, yep. yep. Yeah. To learn more about Heart Wars Radio, please go to OutOfLimitsRadio.com to hear the shows. And also, check out Ms. Jonah Brindis and Mr. Jeff Casper by going to the website at Transcodes.com. Well, Mr. Casper, it's just us. Now, yes. we don't have to worry about being polite. We can make all kinds <laughs> of sexist sexual harassment remarks. Isn't this great? Is it wonderful to have this kind of liberation? Oh, dear God. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll, we'll play no. it. Yeah. The discussion this evening is going to be about mental heart fusion activating your heart mind. So it's one of your entries put on <laughs> transcodes.com saying, if you lose your connection with our heart, we are trapped in our program and survival-oriented ego. <laughs> our heart becomes dominated by inner and outer conflicts and contradictions, our inner dualisms. We become empty, anxious, lonely, and our biggest fear is nothingness. So, <laughs> that's pretty intense. I mean, it's it interesting. Is. When you guys start your blogs and you do things, you just don't lead people in. You're just like, you know, go go in that rabbit hole. Go down that rabbit hole <laughs> right now. Like, just go. You just, right. Pretty intense. But what does it mean to activate your heart mind? Basically, what, what is meant by that post and by what we do in that uh, transmission as well as the work we do is to learn how to utilize not only your, your body, your physical body, uh, from a healthier perspective, but also learn how to view things from the heart. You know, So if you go into activating your heart first and then going to the mind, it's going to be a different experience. You know, because our mind is always with us. We can't get rid of it uh, as long as we're a human. Um, once we leave this plane, that depends on where we go. But the mind is always going to be there. And if we let the mind spin us, like you and I wrote at the beginning of this post, we are stuck. We're just stuck in the spins of the mind. The mind cannot get us out of the mind. It's not possible. So by learning how to activate the heart mind where you're actually utilizing the connection you have to divinity, uh, inner guidance, uh, higher power, whatever you want to call that, um, what you're doing there now is allowing that guidance to drive you. And what actually happens when you actually activate the spiritual side of things or the heart-based side of um, your consciousness, you actually modify how your brain works, given enough time. So as you do that, what happens is is how you see the world also changes, how you feel the world also changes. Well, when you are working on your heart and you're accessing it and your heart becomes this means of attaining, I guess, a different frequency in your mind. I guess the first question is, why is it that your heart is more connected and plugged into the divine compared to your mind or compared to your other parts of your body? What is it about the heart that has such a significance to it? Um, you have the ability to feel there. You have the ability to assess, to discern. Uh, and also, you know, as you develop yourself, you also utilize other aspects of your energetic state. But the heart is what connects you with the potential for truth. 
The mind cannot. The mind is based upon judgment, thinking, analyzing, um, based upon gathering data it already knows and trying to come up with a new picture, which doesn't always work. That's why you get these gaps, and that's where we go into judgment and we go into assumptions. Uh, when you go into the heart and you develop that skill set and being able to center yourself, being able to be connected within and to feel you develop over time the ability to feel into things, and what happens there is you begin to say, I know this is right for some reason. I don't know why, but I know it is. And that may or may not mean the mind has a different concept. The majority of the time it does, um, but by going into the heart over and over again and connecting through basic spiritual practices, what happens is you begin to develop discerning versus judgment. And judgment is all based upon the mind and calculating the best guess given based upon all your patterns. Discernment is based upon feeling, and as you continue to develop that and rarefy your energy by enhancing it, it actually becomes more accurate. The level of truth you can express, experience, and actually choose becomes stronger and stronger. If your heart is not in optimal physical health, is that a reflection on the state for which you are processing energy? Say, for example, if you're having uh, heart issues or you're you have high blood pressure, does that cause your heart to not attain all the information or to be cut off from the divine consciousness? No, it, it can be a sign, though. Um, you can always connect. That's our divine right. Um, that's our sovereign right, excuse me, uh, to connect to divinity. We have that because it's part of us. Our soul is part of who we are. So that's always there. Now, there are physical ailments that can make it difficult to focus, that can make it difficult to breathe, that can make it difficult to, fo you know, to function. And, yeah, that can affect us a bit, but that doesn't stop us. And it can also be a representation of where we need to go. A lot of times heart pain, um, heart disease, heart attacks are all signs we're not necessarily going for what we need deep down, like from within ourselves. Uh, and what we're doing may just be the repetitive cycle typically of the ego trying to just get more, do more, get more, do more, as opposed to really going for what we feel our purpose is or what our heart is telling us. So it can be indicative, but it doesn't stop it. Okay. <laughs> and is there any things that you, when you're working on someone mm -hmm. and you're focusing on them, what are some of the things that you that you focus on as far as healing the heart goes? And what okay. are some of the things that people can do to kind of, increase their connection with their heart consciousness? Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a lot of times it depends where a person's at on their journey. If they're fairly new, um, what you see a lot of times is usually quite a bit of clogging of the lower chakras due to the emotions that aren't processed yet. Um, a lot of times you'll see in between the third chakra and the fourth chakra, which is solar plexus and the heart chakra, you'll see tension there because they're having an issue with trust and letting go of control. Um, and a lot of times, too, you see haze around the sixth and sometimes the fifth due to critical inner voice aspects and not feeling comfortable to speak their truth. Those are just some generalities. Um, so the best way to go into heart connection is to learn how to meditate, go into prayer, go into the basics of pretty much all the, the major religions out there. You ask for a connection with whatever a person deems is their heart based energy or divine or higher power. You ask for help. You ask for connection. And by practicing this and trusting in it, which is the hard part, uh, especially at first because you won't feel a lot necessarily, um, but by going, continuing to go for that, it's just like learning how to play an instrument. You, you, it's going to get better with time. you know. And by practicing connection work and then also doing reflective work and contemplation, which we do a lot on the site uh, with all of the uh, transmissions we have and the products that we have, you go into what's stopping you 
what's keeping you in the ego. And by doing those two things, what happens is you learn how to integrate and you learn how to determine the difference between what is ego or mind and emotions and what is heart. I see that you have three main resonances, uh, sorry, resonance practice with this transmission. You have mm-hmm. your blog, and mm-hmm. I'll give yes. you some three. One of them is yeah. overcoming dualism, mm-hmm. enter, another one is entering the void, and reprogramming. So can you please explain all each one of those? Yeah, why it's yeah. Significant? yeah, the overcoming dualism, the whole goal of that one is is to realize that the ego is based on this or that. The ego is based upon it's hot or it's cold, it's on or it's off. Uh, so it has a binary functionality which says it's either this one or this one. In reality, what's happening technically from a more spiritual viewpoint and nonlinear, non-dualistic viewpoint is there is no opposite. It is just you have it or you don't. So there is no such thing as darkness and light. It's just there's gradients of light. And that by changing that, what happens is you begin to see you're not stuck in one or the other. You're on a, you're on a basically a gradients or a, um, what do they call that word I'm thinking of, um, you're on a, a scale, you know, and you're either closer to, to the high end or closer to the low end. And then it develops by learning how to break that down, what you develop is the ability to realize I don't have to be stuck in I'm bad or good. I'm gray, really. I'm in between. I got a little bit of bad, a little bit of good going on, and I can always change it. So a lot of times the ego will try to go into, well, you're this. You're not that. And then you're stuck in rigidity and you're stuck in positionality. And the ego likes that because it keeps you rooted in things it knows. As you shift into the heart and begin to let that go, then you realize you actually have the chance to actually change some of these rigid things. And that can be very freeing. It can be scary at first, but as you really align to it, it becomes extremely, um, well, because intoxicating to a degree, but it also learns, you can learn that anything can be released. Because it's just you don't have it right now, but you cannot, you can go there. So that's the first one. Uh, entering the void, what that is trying to work on, uh, in classic Buddhism, the void is very high. It's actually uh, basically the pathway of negation, uh, which is a, another teaching, but uh, you're basically getting to a point where you're in a state of complete nothingness. And the purpose of that is to realize that even though our mind is spinning and our ego is going and our emotions are doing all this fun stuff, um, we can agree not to focus on it. And by learning not to focus on it, it's almost like you can look at it like water. The mind is the top 10 feet that's going up and down with the waves or the top 20 feet. And what we can begin to focus on is the part under the waves. And by learning to do that, you begin to quiet the fascination with the mind. So you're not so focused on it anymore. Because if you look at brainwave activity when we're really functioning, we only have about 3% firing. There's 97% that's quiet. Except the problem is, is that most of our lives we focus on the three percent, so we well, think it's constantly moving. What about the other? I mean, they always say you're only using a small percentage of your brain, but like, well, isn't your brain also running your circulatory system, digestive system, yeah. running all these different things? I mean, isn't I imagine that's going to take up some memory? Like, it's going to take up some space. Well, most of them are automatic. I mean, yeah, if you if you had to think about breathing, you wouldn't make it. <laughs> so, so well, some the of the millennials they need an app for breathing. Exhale, exhale. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't well, help it. I couldn't right, help it. I right, right. one show go without not knocking those people. <laughs> well, I hope it never gets that far. But um, you know, it's those things are regulated by the brainstem and the, and the midbrain. Uh, so you don't have to think about those things. If you had to think about those, you'd have to think about breathing, heart beating, all these things that are automatic. Um, so a lot of that stuff is regulated. And really, what you learn in spiritual training is that the mind is fine, and it's okay, and it's good to have occasionally, but it's not your primary focus. 
your primary focus is what registers the mind, what registers the emotions. That's the consciousness. So you'll hear a lot of people who get into um, higher vibrational trainings or uh, meditation training. They'll talk about the observer, the witness, as opposed to being the only the experiencer who's stuck in that 3%, who's constantly moving and thinking and emoting. You pull back a bit and realize, oh, that's only a part of me. And that's what the void does. You learn that there is other parts of you you can focus on. And, and that you, you could. Let me ask you, when it comes to meditation, say, for example, you want to get into a deeper meditative state, and you want to focus on your heart. If you are doing that, is it wise to, let's say, listen to the sound of a heart beating, a healthy heart beating, and focus on that, listen to that? Is it wise to listen to the sound of your breath? Is there any particular sound you should be focusing on which is going to get you to that path, the inside of your heart, in a, in a faster or more concise manner? Um, yeah, there are things like the fadeaway meditation can help. Delta can too, but it can be tough to start with. Um, the heartbeat metronomes can be interesting. It depends upon the beat. Um, and, you know, classical music, anything that's beautiful or anything that gets you into a relaxed state can help. But the key thing is to focus on your breath. You know, we use a lot of uh, real beautiful or meditative trancey music and transmissions because it helps us center and focus. It helps it keep it, you know, in that state. Um, so we do a lot of that kind of work. But I can also just sit there and meditate because I've done it long enough um, where I can focus on my breath. And within about a minute or two, I'm very deep. You know, and unless, you know, my son comes and tries to wake me up or I fall asleep, which is pretty rare nowadays. <laughs> so, you know, so those kind of things. Yeah, exactly. So you have to practice and find out what works for you. Um, like I know if I sit up, I have a much better experience. If I lay down too far because I don't get enough sleep, usually I have a tendency to fall asleep. I'll get really relaxed. I'll go into my heart and then bam, I'm out. You know, so you have to practice this and get good at what works for you. Um, the last one, just so I make sure I answer the question, uh, for reprogramming, the, pro the process of that one, the whole focus of that part of the transmission work is to learn how to allow the heart to reframe things. So what happens a lot of times, and anybody who's had spiritual experiences can, can agree with this, uh, and it's documented, that they can have these profound moments of um, expansion that can redefine almost everything, or at least redefine certain problems. So by going into reprogramming, by saying, okay, I want my heart or I want my divine connection or whatever you call higher power to come in and aid me in releasing my ties to the ego, you actually have a higher potential to do that. Because you're basically saying, I can't do this on my own, I need help. Which is one of the tenets of um, most spiritual practices. By admitting that you cannot do it on your own, I'm wondering... Is that a sign of helplessness, or is it a sign that you are willing to receive outside help for the purpose of getting strong enough to do it on your own? Because the reason why I bring this to your attention, Jeff, mm -hmm. is we hear a lot in AA, and they say, oh, you know, the first thing we want to admit is that we are powerless over our situation. I always feel that is such a negative affirmation to say that you're powerlessness. So when talking about this particular mm -hmm. area – by admitting that you don't have all the power, is it disempowering? No, what you're disempowering is the belief that the ego is going to get you there. Okay. You're disempowering the mind or the belief that, and, and addicts who really are having issues can, can relate to this if they do enough recovery work. They can totally see the craziness of, that, of the mind. 
you know, like anybody who's been a recovered of any kind, you know, I know a lot of alcoholics, so it's easier for me to talk about that. You know, recovered alcoholics can be completely sober for 20 years, but they'll still have the idea one beer won't hurt me. But they know if they do, because they've gone off the wagon five or ten times or God knows how many times, that it just it creates six months of problems. So what you're admitting to being powerless over is you're trying to resolve a system within a system, and it doesn't work because the tools aren't there. You cannot beat the mind with the mind. You cannot beat emotions with emotion. You can't beat judgment with more judgment. So that's what you're admitting that you're powerless over. By, by keeping in that spin, you have no chance. The, the issue a lot of times with some of the certain groups, and I'm not saying that's a lot of them nowadays because it might have changed. I haven't been to them for a while. But a lot of groups still have an externalized view or feel to them of divinity. And really what you're asking for is help from within but just from a different place. You're asking it from your heart, not from your mind or your egos. Got it. Yeah. Final question I have for you, Mr. Cosper. Because by the way, yes. you know, I have to say, I'm going to get, pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> no point in time did, did we go off the track and say something that people are going to write about, unless you're totally evil. You're like, I can't believe they're talking about positive energy and stuff. That's offensive <laughs> to my evil nature. So. Well, I'm a, yeah, I'm a bit more, I don't know, I'm, I don't know, I've always been kind of direct. So. <laughs> Golf clap, we deserve it. Um, if you truly are in love with someone mm -hmm. and you are progressing and you are growing and evolving mm -hmm. and you feel that love is genuine but yet that person is not on the same path as you should you continue your path and risk outgrowing them or do you just kind of you know go along your path and hope that the person kind of joins you because you are vibrating at a higher frequency or more in touch with your heart than they are and they'll, if they love you they'll eventually catch up to you um, well, it, you can't really control what they do. I would always tell people that, you know, it could become an issue because um, that gap can be difficult. Uh, and then it comes down to are you willing to deal with it or not? You know, and it may only be a little bit of a gap, but sometimes there are massive gaps where one person has totally let go some of these really strong ego patterns that are really unhealthy, and the other person is still on the other side trying to get them back in. That, that can be difficult um, because if they aren't willing to work on it, it can be a deal breaker. Uh, other times people are fairly progressed, but the other person's going to go a little bit further. Then it's up to that person, you know, because if you truly love them and you're willing to deal with, and I don't mean this negatively or positively, deal with the consequences, then that's your choice. You know, so it really is a case by case basis. And, um, I've seen and dealt with many people who have, you know, big gaps, small gaps, and sometimes it works, sometimes they don't. Um, a lot of times when it's unhealthy patterns, if both people aren't willing to get on the boat, it doesn't work majority of the time because at some point either the person who's really struggling to get out or really trying or striving to get out either gives up and then they're stuck um, or they break free. And the other case where it's a little bit of a gap difference and the other person, you know, both people are fairly aware, then it's a choice, you know, because that person, even though they may not be geared towards total salvation or enlightenment or transcendence, they still may be fairly intellectual and, and have a good good heart and all that kind of stuff, and it can still be entertaining, and it can be uh, fulfilling. So it really comes down to are you willing to deal with the consequences of the other person? Because, of course, you have to have a bit of compassion. Each person's going to have their own stuff to work on. you know. So there's a bit of give and take there with that. But past that, when it begins to get to an expansion issue, then it's a choice. 
you know, and I've, in my experience, it's about 50, 50. If people break out or they don't, you know, it's their choice. You know, and a lot of times people need to deal with it a bit longer before they say, okay, I can't do this anymore. And then they break out and they usually, a lot of times they break away from that partner. Um, so it really depends on the, on the people. But if they're both willing to continue and the consequence of that action isn't so debilitating, it could be very fun. It could be very loving still. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Mr. Jeff Casper, I want to thank you so much. And that concludes today's edition of thank Heart you. Warriors Radio. Yeah. Well, Thanks, everybody. Yona was, oh, she, she was sorely missed. <laughs> and I know that she's going to listen to this show. And I don't know. She's probably going to cry tears of choice. Being so proud of us, I don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> I knew oh, you could do up. it. Or crack up, one of the two. <laughs> I get crack up or crack the whip and say, "This is all the things that these guys missed last week." <laughs> to learn more about Heart Warriors Radio, please go to outerlimitsradio.com. You can see all the archive shows, and to learn more about Miss Jonah Brendan, Mr. Jeff Casper, please go to their website at transcodes.com. Please do their Heart Warriors Radio. Sorry, Heart Warriors. Uh, training program. It's fantastic. You'll learn a lot and you continue to grow. Mr. Jeff Casper, great honor to be with you, sir. Definitely. Thank you. 